Hello, Second Chancers. As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a feedback and your rating, I'm very much appreciated as it will help dynamic people such as yourself optimally discover this podcast and put and add it to their library of favorite podcasts. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I'd love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen, coaching clients seeking their second chance, or you're a business or college or university looking to support your returning citizens in your organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to get in contact with me if you'd like to work one-on-one at my email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Today, we have a very special guest with us today, Ms. Karen Lee, the CEO of Pioneer Human Services. I mean, I'll briefly introduce her and then we'll get into the conversation. As Chief Executive Officer of Pioneer Human Services, Karen Lee leads one of the nation's largest nonprofit social enterprise organizations in the United States. Under Karen's leadership, Pioneer successfully operates several revenue generating businesses that provide living wage jobs to mission related employees and helps fund its mission of empowering people who have been involved in the legal system to build healthy and productive lives. Headquartered in Seattle, Pioneer serves over 10,000 people a year through its diversion, treatment, housing, and job training programs. Karen is a graduate of the University of Washington School of Law and the United States Military Academy at West Point. So I say thank you for your service as always. And and with that, we'd like to welcome Ms. Karen Lee, CEO of Pioneer Human Services to Second Chance Coaching. Good evening, Ms. Lee. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I can't complain. I can't complain. We'll get, right, we'll get right to it. Can you tell us more? In the intro, we talked about that Pioneer is a nonprofit social enterprise organization. And I've never really heard that phrase used like that before, but can you tell us more about what is social enterprise and how does it address issues such as mass incarceration? Well, a social enterprise is, a, is an organization or a business that reinvests a majority of its profits into its social mission or its environmental mission, if, it, if it's an environmental nonprofit. Uh, and, and so it's, it's as simple as that. Um, we don't have shareholders that we have to be accountable to. We don't have owners, you know, um, we're nonprofits. So, you know, our, or our owners are the public and that's who we serve. Right. And, um, and that's and that's a business and that's a social enterprise. You typically see them um, in the job training arena, where um, you have a business that employs um, the demographic that you're trying to serve, and then that demographic, that client that you're serving, also gets job training. If it's a job training social enterprise. Or if it's like Pioneer, which we're both, uh, we have job training here. And then we also have a manufacturing business. We make um, aerospace parts. We make the uh, exit doors, which we call escape hatch assemblies and 737 aircraft. So if you sit in the exit row and you look to the door to the right or to your left, then that is that was one of the parts that we make here at Pioneer. We, we make over a million parts a year, but those are some of the more recognizable parts is we're what we call a, 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 a tier three um, aerospace um, machining 
company supplier. So, um, but that's a social enterprise. You could also see them where um, they're, they're a lot in the food business. So uh, Ben and Jerry's, for example, um, the plant where they make the Ben and Jerry's ice cream that, um, that hires a particular demographic that they care about. So they're a social enterprise. Um, a lot of the goodwill organizations that we see across the country are, are social enterprises. So that's oh, the definition. Oh, no, thank you. I, I've always been a big supporter of Ben and Jerry's, but now I'm six foot three. So now when I get on an airplane and see that, and I always sit at the exit row. So I'll think, <laughs> about, I'll think about you guys now all the time when I sit at the exit row. <laughs> Please do. Yes, indeed. Please do. So you're, you're, you and your organization are based in the state of Washington, like you said, you're in Seattle. Um, as a returning citizen in your state, what would you say are the main obstacles as a returning citizen facing the state of Washington? The returning citizen in Washington faces the same thing that returning citizens face across the country. And um, it's, uh, and a lot of it's dependent on the length of time they were incarcerated and whether or not they have family in the area that can help them. But uh, I would say one obstacle is always um, being shunned and the stigma of former incarceration. I think our society is, is too judgmental. And, and I feel that uh, as Americans, we watch too much TV. So we watch Law and Order, we watch uh, Lock Up, we watch the, you know, um, Orange is the New Black. And, and these are TV shows that dehumanize people. And they paint in the show the the bad guy in the show um, is always a ho this horrible person, and um, and and I don't and I think that it's just we have a generation of people that are hardened from what they've taken in from media, and so um, assuming someone did make a wrong choice at some point in their life, not only are is the punishment. Um, oftentimes not consistent with uh, the type of behavior. We also don't look at that individual as a human. What happened in that human's life that, um, that caused their social development to occur the way it did? And it can be many things, um, but... Um, Sometimes it's addiction. Sometimes it's uh, not doing well in school. Sometimes it's frustration with society by being disenfranchised everywhere you turn. So the streets become your home. Sometimes parents not available because they're working or um, for whatever reason. Um, and, uh, and sometimes there, there's an aspect of their personality that they just haven't learned to control. And um, so I think that if we, if we knew, if we could look into each person and see the trauma that they experienced, may, you know, maybe there is a second grader in that person that, that the teacher never called on them and expelled them from school over and over and made them feel um, 
because they were dyslexic that they would never be successful in school. So why go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's a person struggling with their um, identity and they don't feel comfortable in school. Or maybe it's because they, uh, um, you know, they can't afford a book. And, and then they don't want to go to school. And if you're not going to school, you know, it just, it spirals from there. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, most crime doesn't, you know, most crime, it's, it's, it's kind of gradual, you know, the behavior just gets more and more. And then the person's uh, circle, right. You know, our, our, our client circle of friends are doing that same type of behavior and it just becomes this, um, this cycle that they can't really get out of. And then um, incarceration finally happens and they're incarcerated a long time. And we've had clients at Pioneer where they're, they're like one felony or 10, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, we might look at it from you know, the outside, but people that are impacted have told me that once you get one, you may as well have a scarlet letter. Yeah, you might You might as well have, like you said, somebody may have one, somebody may have 10, but you might as well have 10 if you just mm-hmm. have that one. So yeah, that scarlet letter, it's, it's a real phenomenon. And and so I think that, so so those are the obstacles in, in Washington, right? The stigma, but then also, um, you know, housing, there's housing discrimination by landlords that don't want to rent to people with a felony conviction. Um, and... Uh, and even if they're willing, the information and the housing background check may be wrong. It's wrong 50% of the time in our state. So, um, okay. it's, so it's difficult to get housing. Um, it's difficult, you know, um, to, ha- to be honestly considered for a, uh, a family wage job or a job that has the potential for family wages. I think that other obstacles are the health care that people get while they're incarcerated in jail or prison is often not what it needs to be. So, you know, when you release, you got a toothache, maybe you might have, um, you know, a teeth that needs a tooth that needs to be pulled. You may have had um, an undiagnosed condition. Um, If, uh, you know, if the impacted individual used drugs, they had an untreated drug addiction, so uh, I, I think that obstacles are many. And then the result is poverty. Yes, if your state only gives you $40 in a bus pass, that's not going to get you very far. True, true, very true, very true. My next question is, when the returning citizen arrives, let's say they, it's me, I come to Pioneer Human Services, what will that individual come to expect when arriving to receive services from you? to optimize their second chance? Yes, that's a great question. And I would say it depends on the door that you enter at Pioneer. One thing that we're proud of is that there are many doors and we also have many partners. So if you are looking for a job and you come knocking on the door for Pioneer Industries, which actually happens, Mm -hmm. um, you can apply for a position at Pioneer and your pass will not be held against you. It's all about, can you do this job? Um, if you are not qualified for the job, because our jobs are competitive, right? You know, we make aerospace parts. I mean, that's a skilled position. Yes, um, yes. Then we can refer you to 
um, job skills training so that you can um, learn how um, to be an employee at Pioneer and learn the basics of being um, um, an entry-level aerospace, you know, aerospace worker to make you ready to get to the first job in Pioneer. And the first job is what we call DeBurr. Uh, so Pioneer, we are, we, um, we do a lot of machining. I mean, just a lot of what, you know, milling is the term. And it's when you're cutting metal and a lot of aluminum goes on air, airplanes, right? It's light. And so, um, and we have milling, we have, we have just banks of, of milling machines. They're large machines that are computer numerically controlled and, and they take programming. They also take, um, um, uh, workers to lift the metal, to load the metal, um, to take it out and turn it to check um, how the cutting's going. But um, once that initial part is done, you know, you you sand every part by hand. We do have deburr machines, but mm-hmm. but um, we have some that's done by hand, and that's where you start. And oh, that's, a, um, that's a that's a workout and a job. <laughs> it's a, you know you start in deburr, or it's going to be shipping and receiving. It's going to be something where you can, you know, see a shop and um, and then you progress and people progressed from, you know, an entry level position all the way. Our general managers formerly incarcerated. Right. Very nice. Um, and uh, and so we're, we're very proud to be able to offer career paths. The bad thing about aerospace is that it's a boom bust cycle. Mm-hmm. And um, and so uh, we are not immune from that. So if the public is not flying and airlines are not buying airplanes, then aerospace machining companies don't have work. So right now we're down a little bit um, in terms of our staffing levels, but typically we hire a couple a month okay. Okay. in better Good. times. So Fine. that's on the employment side. Then... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it also depends on your status, right? You know, um, when you come out of any type of incarceration, um, the first thing that should be done is attaching yourself to benefits the very best that you can. You know, um, you know, looking, you know, trying to get yourself, you know, um, signed on to Medicaid so you have health insurance. In our state, that's supposed to happen um, while you're in jail or right before you're released from prison. I don't know how other uh-huh. states do that. And, um, and so, uh, so, cause we got to make sure that your health needs are taken care of. Absolutely. And so um, at Pioneer, if, you know, drug treatment is something that is needed, um, that'll come up and, and we can refer you to a partner that has outpatient treatment, or if you need long-term substance use disorder care, we, we offer that. If what you need is housing, then um, then you would um, walk, you know, to one of our housing facilities and you would see if we had, um, you know, a room open to rent. So it kind of depends upon um, what your need is. Some people are, you know, live with family, so mm-hmm. they have housing, right? And some people um, already have a job skill, so they just need resume assistance, um, some people don't have anything. They don't have family. They don't have housing. They don't have a job skill. They don't have a degree. And, and we try to help in all those areas. So it really just depends on the individual. Okay. Okay. You was talking about 
partners that you work with. And mm-hmm. when you meet or when you meet with or work with employers who could hire returning citizens or landlords who may who may rent to rent to folks um, that are coming home and that are directly impacted, what's your biggest challenges to convince the employers to hire? and the landlords to allow to rent to people who are directly impacted or returning citizens? You know, the uh, landlords, we either have landlords that are very comfortable in renting to um, a returning citizen, or we have to work to convince them, you know, convince them. And there's techniques that our case managers have to help build a housing resume, tell something about yourself, um, and um, or we also try to clean up what's in the person's record, right? So if there's information that's incorrect about you, um, to try to clean that up. So there's a number of techniques, but it, it sometimes it takes a, a sustained effort to find housing for people. It's really, especially right now, because in our state we have an eviction moratorium, so people aren't moving out and up, and so new people that are um, returning they're facing a pretty saturated housing market. So we have to work really hard to help people. Oh, absolutely. I get you on that. What's my next question is what, what current legislation in the state of Washington um, currently provides the best path to reentry for returning citizens? And what would be the ideal legislation <laughs> in, that you would, that you would want in your state for those that are directly impacted? What current legislation in the state of Washington provides the best path? So our state has been, it's starting to get a little more progressive when it comes to um, legal and financial obligation reform. And and we at least reduce the interest. It used to just be like 20%. So... um, so we have that amount down and then what they can charge the interest on. So we've made some um, progress there. We've made some progress on, on, um, on, on getting records vacated in our states. Um, we just passed voting rights in our state for people that are on partial confinement and on community supervision. Um, and I think that all those things are good. We've also had some um, juvenile justice legislation, which um, reduces um, sentences um, for juveniles. And then it also keeps young adults um, serving with youth rather than having an 18-year-old go to an adult prison. So we've made some strides, mm-hmm. but we still have a long way to go. We just had a court case here called... Um, uh, the Blake decision, which um, um, changed um, the crime of possession, which is important. Um, we In our state, you didn't need to have intent to have a simple possession charge. So people were going to prison um, just for possessing a controlled substance. Whether they knew it or not, if somebody planted it on them, it was, I know, and the Supreme Court just uh, struck that rule down. And then the rule that was established in, in its place requires uh, um, um, a, a, a municipal level diversion program for the first two times after uh, um, you've been charged. 
you know, with the, and they also made it a misdemeanor as opposed to a crime. So those are all things in the right direction that I'm very hopeful about in our state. Um, mm-hmm. But we still have have a lot of work to do. The next uh, big push that Pioneer is working towards is called housing justice. And what we want to do is to make it illegal for an, a landlord to discriminate against anyone who has a felony conviction simply on the basis of having of that status. Amen. We don't think that's right. We don't think it's fair. We think housing is a basic and universal right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Ms. Lee, close to 700,000 individuals return home every year from incarceration. What would be your advice to those who are listening and are about to come home? What would be your advice as to the, what game plan they should undertake in their first 30 days of reentry? The the very first thing I would do is if you are currently incarcerated and as you're getting close to your um, your your uh, um, your your entry back into the community as returning citizen is to get yourself attached to your health benefits to all your benefits social security Medicaid um, you just you just want to make sure that you are covered so you can get health care. Absolutely. The next thing that I would do is uh, is to work on your reentry plan. Some prisons have st- have um, employees that can do that with you. Some have volunteer staff. Some have nothing. Um, but um, you know, you uh, whatever resources that your institution has, you want to really start taking advantage of them and making a reentry plan. Um, when you exit that you know you know within the first week if you already have housing first thing you're going to probably want to do is eat chicken yes. <laughs> get a haircut buy some clothes you know i mean you, you're going to want to see people or, or, or even or even mcdonald's when i first came home mcdonald's tasted mm-hmm. like thanksgiving turkey when i came home <laughs> <laughs> it tasted like that for us when i was in the army we went we were in germany come back i gotta come back to the states i, mean, I need some mcdonald's so, you know, I'll give yourself a couple days to, you know, you know, to to be loved upon by people that love you. And and then you kind of got to start, you know, get to getting, as we say. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, if you had a reentry plan um, that you worked on in your incarceration, you want to just tick off that list. And it really depends, you know, do you have documentation like your identification? That's got to be pretty early. You know, if you're on community supervision, you want to make sure that you are checking in. There's probably going to be a check-in pretty quickly. And and then I would always recommend going to see a reentry navigator or a reentry organization. Don't feel like you have to do it on your own. The reentry navigators, coordinators, case managers, they're going to have different names depending on the state, but they have access to knowing, they have knowledge that may be helpful. Knowledge won't hurt. You know, maybe they know who the best employers are that are hiring. Maybe they know the best place to live where there's an opportunity for a great apartment. Um, May, you you know, um, you know, maybe they know the day to go to the uh, the Department of Licensing in your state to get your driver's license, or they're, they, they're just some. And they can also work through your reentry plan with you to make sure that you're 
um, checking all the bases. They can help you. They can take a look at your resume and see if it needs work. They can help you um, practice how you're going to talk about in your job interview, how are you going to talk about that employment gap? There's, um, you know, and um, and if you need training, they can recommend that. Sometimes they even have technology they can give to you. So they might be able to give you a cell phone or a laptop. Um, so those are some things that I would recommend um, to any citizen who is returning from um, incarceration or some type of stay in confinement. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, okay, so my next question, I'm going to get in your business a little bit. <laughs> um, what, what, brought you, what brought you to Pioneer and the criminal justice reentry movement? You know, uh, when I got out of the Army, I wanted to be a civil rights lawyer. And mm-hmm. I wanted to right the wrongs of the world. And I really looked up to the civil rights, you know, leaders that we had in the 60s. And... And so I went to law school, graduated. I then I went and practiced law, and I said, "Ooh, this isn't quite that fun, and it's hard." <laughs> I mean, it's a I mean, it's a lot of writing, it's a lot of reading, it's a lot of late nights, and you're by yourself, right? And so then I started doing some pro bono work, and I thought maybe I did want to work with people. So I left the practice of law and went into a management job. I just went into a management job. At our at our private utility here in Washington, and um, and lucky for me that utility was very good to me, and I I had a lot of promotions early in my care in my career where I learned how to manage. And uh, and once I got to um, a mid management um, junior executive level, the state our governor was looking for agency leaders and um someone told her about me and she hired me to run the our governor at that time governor chris gregoire and she hired me to run the employment security department and when you're running that department it's it's in washington it's called esd but it's the labor department in most states you see the labor indicators because they come through the agency head so every month i would see the unemployment rate the people looking for work um, average income, you, 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 you see the income levels at an aggregated level of people that have some college, no college, um, by their race, by if they're farm workers. And after a month or two, I noticed that all of the income levels for people that had been incarcerated and for farm workers were, I mean, under 20,000 a year. It was quite sad. Oh, Wow. Oh, wow. And um, and then you hit people with the college degree or, you know, um, their, you know, income is much higher. And then when you look at the race correlation, it was um, black and brown people, mm-hmm. right, yes. that, were, that were in those categories. And, and I just wanted to do something about it. So when you're in that role the way that you impact people is, is through policy and programs. Right. So um, I worked really hard to make sure that um, our uh, temporary aid for needy family welfare type programs um, were very accessible. We had a lot of migrant farm worker programs and places for farm workers to live because that's a big problem here in Washington, how we treat people. 
And mm-hmm. every apple that you eat is picked by a farm, a migrant farm worker, every single one. Yes. And, um, and that's hard work. You have to climb up the tree to get it. And, and then we also had criminal justice specific programs for people. And uh, then the recession hit, all those programs got defunded oh, and, uh, and, and then, and it was just not pretty, but at about that time, Pioneer was looking for a chief, a chief uh, executive officer, and they um, um, reached out to me and asked me to apply, and I've been here for 10 years now. Very nice. And I bet you the 10 years go by just like that. It seems it like does. it does. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah, I've been, a, I've been at my, I've been at my, I've been at the college I work at for 13 years, and I can still remember my first day like it was yesterday. Yeah. Oh it, yeah. It, it goes by just like that. I mean, I, I mean, employees that, um, you know, I talked about the career opportunities in in our in our manufacturing um, plants. You know, the guy that's our, um, so you have a general manager, and the very next level is like a, um. Uh, it's like a plant supervisor. So the general manager is over everything. And then we have two plants and then there's like a plant supervisor and our current plant supervisor, he started at pioneer the same year I did. I remember seeing him, you know, and I never saw him in Deburr, but you know, I just remember seeing him Mm -hmm. and then, and he had experience before, um, where he was incarcerated, they actually had a, a jobs program there. So he had a lot of um, machine experience. He probably had 20 years experience when he got here, but turn around and he's like a lead. And then <laughs> I go back the next year and he's over here. And then you go back and he's, you know, um, running a cell and then he's in estimating. And then all of a sudden, it's like he's in charge. I was just, it's just, you know, and, and you know, they bought and sold two houses, got mm-hmm. married, showed me, you know, got married to somebody that had grandkids. I was just like, wow, you that's know. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's what you see. That's awesome. See, we're coworkers like that. I told them, you can't leave with me because if you leave before me, I feel like I got to go. So, no, we're, <laughs> we're in this together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. What what current projects or initiatives are you guys working on now in, at Pioneer? Well, from an advocacy basis, it's housing justice because um, it's the number one need we hear from people that want to access our services. And we can't house everyone. So many times people come to us for housing. We don't have any. Mm-hmm. And um, so and, and we think that there's just too too much discrimination so that's the number one issue that we're working. And then we're also trying to get our state to fund reentry programming. Yes. Right. That's very so important. that there's a place for people to go that is specific for reentry, for reentry needs to help them have a healthy and productive life and an opportunity to, um, you know, to have um, living wages and a career that they love. That's right. That's right. Well, um, the last thing I want to ask is, um, can you share with us your or your organization's Pioneer social media contact information so we could follow the progress of what you guys are doing? And if you're interested in donating, please donate. These are people doing doing great work with great people and great things. 
So if we could donate and assist to your org's mission and follow your progress, share with your social media contact information, whether it be for you or the or Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pioneerhumanservices.org is our is our web is our website. And please come. We actually have a mass incarceration quiz we'd love for you to take. So it's pioneerhumanservices.org forward slash mass incarceration. Come take our quiz. You can follow us on Twitter, on LinkedIn. You can even go to my page, my LinkedIn page, Karen Lee. I post on my um, LinkedIn page sometimes. And um, and just get involved. Get involved. Support us. Follow us. Everything. That's great. Ms. Karen Lee, we thank you so much for joining us today on Second Chance Coaching. Please continue your great work and optimizing the return, the reentry journey for myself and millions of returning citizens and directly impacted people. We thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the last thing I want to say is uh, as soon as you can to all the returning citizens, um, register to vote. Amen. Because Amen. then you can vote for people that are friendly to what, what you need. So register to vote and vote. That's, That's my right. parting message. It's been yeah. such an honor to be on this show today and talk with you. Um, I'm such a fan of yours. So thank you for the invitation. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And, and we, will, we will be in contact soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.